It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited. We're talking about this series. We're talking about the split that they just had with the Braves. We're talking about that chance for the sweep of the Phillies. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. We're finishing off the series from earlier this year, so it's not like we can say, hey, it's a sweep of the series sweep of the Phillies because it's only one game. But that one game's tacked onto that series earlier, so whatever. But we're going to talk about Spencer Howard versus Wade Miley, and the Reds are calling up Alejo Lopez. Let's talk about what that means for this roster all on today's Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get started. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans? Welcome in. Thank you so much for joining me. You're probably thinking, Jeff, why are you so excited? The Reds just lost on Sunday, and they split the series. I know it's not the best of times, but there's lots going on, and we are very excited to see what's going to happen with this Reds team. We're going to pre or we're going to preview Phillies and uh, Reds later. We're going to talk about Alejo Lopez, but right now I want to start with this series. We got a lot to look at when it comes to the split with the Atlanta Braves. We started this homestand saying that the Reds need to win. That's really not groundbreaking uh, thought process there. You know, I'm not going out on a limb. Obviously, they need to go through this 11-game homestand, winstand. Maybe we should call it winstand. They need to go through this 11-game homestand and come out at least 6-5, and rather see them go 7-4. and They've already lost two games. So if we want them to go 7-4, to they can only lose two the rest of the way. Hopefully, challenge is accepted, although they really showed some weaknesses, and it's not just the bullpen. In fact, the bullpen looked pretty strong, which we'll talk about here in just a moment, but the first thing that really jumped out to me was when you look at the loss on Friday and when you look at the loss on Sunday, they had two very overt themes, left-handers, something about Throwing from the left side of the mound, some people would say the wrong side, but hey, I hit left-handed when it comes to baseball, or in my case, beer league softball, and golf and things like that, so it's not the wrong side, it's the left side. 
but when it comes to pitching and the Reds facing those lefties, they don't like them very much. In fact, when you look at them on the season, if you take up all of their total plate appearances, the Reds have faced lefties for 23% of their total plate appearances this year. So not the biggest of sample sizes, but that's pretty standard, a little bit lower than the rest of the league. The rest of the league has faced lefties 29% of the time. The Reds as a team are two, their slash line is 221, 303, 377. Very low slugging, barely getting on base above 30% of the time against left-handed pitching. They just struggle. Plus, they have 62 walks compared to 156 strikeouts against left-handed pitching. A lot of that came against Muller on Sunday. That dude, 6'7", 250. First of all, he's a giant. Second of all, he pitched amazing. And it's one of those where you're like, man, I want to tip my cap to him. It's a second career start. Kind of felt like a guy that the Reds should get up on. And then Friday against Drew Smiley, I, I don't know what the deal was there. Drew Smiley has not shown the kind of talent this year that you think, okay, the Reds can really uh, really struggle against him. In fact, it's the opposite. His ERA was up over five coming into that game, and he shuts down this lineup. And a lot of it just has to do with hitting against lefties. Overall, 20% of the entire team's total hits have come against lefties this year. 80% otherwise against right-handed pitchers. So, moral of the story, if you're an opposing team and you're facing the Reds, throw a left-handed pitcher. It just kind of gets the job done. And then, when you even dig a little bit deeper into that, Reds lefties against lefty pitching is, woof, that's woeful. 193 batting average, 289 on base, and a 292 sluggage. Let, uh, slugging percentage, less than 300 on the sluggy. That is, ooh, that's bad. They, they got 24 walks compared to 57 strikeouts. Just 13% of all left-handed hits, not just the entire lineup. When you look at the Reds' left-handed batters against right-handed pitching and the Reds' left-handed batters against left-handed pitching, you put them all together, only 13% of their hits have come against left-handed pitchers. They, they just get shut down from the left side. And one of the biggest dudes to blame, and this is a guy who throughout his career, really, Joey Votto has been pretty strong and pretty good at breaking the platoon barrier. Pretty, too, pretty good at uh, hitting against left-handed pitching. Not this year. He's got a 179 batting average against lefty pitching, 246 on base. Joey Votto getting on base 24% of the time in any situation is, whoa, stuff. And against lefties this year, that's what he's doing. And he's got a 321 slugging, four walks, 19 strikeouts. I mean, that's, that's not going to get the job done for anybody. I, I've, I saw some takes on Twitter, people talking about like, man, maybe they should think about platooning him. Maybe have somebody play first. Now, I don't really know. I mean, maybe, uh, but when Moose comes back, Moose is a lefty too, and he doesn't hit well against lefties either. So it's like, I, maybe you can create something there, but I'm not sure how. Uh, it might just be kind of stuck with him there because you got Tucker behind the plate. Tucker doesn't hit well against lefties either. That's why Stevenson catches against left-handed pitchers 100% of the time. Ugh, I don't know how you work around left-handed starters going up against this team, but I will say this for the 
for the woes that the lineup had against those lefties, they looked really good in the two games that they won. Obviously, they get the win, but the lineup did exactly what it needed to do, came up in the clutch with some big hits, including insurance runs and things like that. It was good to see. We saw plenty of good from the lineup. It's just throw a lefty against them and things completely shift. Now, I will say this. One of the things that we have just unloaded on, and they've deserved it because they've been bad, but one thing that we have just harped on so bad was how bad the bullpen has been this year. They were actually pretty good this weekend. Now, I know you're going to say, Jeff, it's only four games, but here recently they've had a nice run, and this weekend is no exception. Plus, you're looking at the fact that you got TJ Antone for one inning, and then he went back on the I.L., Lucas Sims already on the IL. So we're looking around at this bullpen like, who wants to step up? Guys did. First shout out goes to Amir Garrett because he's starting to look like I was wrong. And I'm happy that I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not not rooting for him to be bad. I I want him to be good. I just was kind of seeing it and calling it as I saw it. But now he's had a couple of really good outings, including this weekend, two perfect innings, one save, just fantastic stuff from Amir. The bullpen overall on the weekend, 11 innings, only three runs allowed, two of them earned, 10 hits, three walks, and 16 strikeouts. That's what you like to see. So Amir gets that first shout out. Brad Brock is stepping up in a big way as well. Kind of looks like the other guy that the Reds are going to rely on along with Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett and Brad Brock kind of seem like you know, righty lefty closer tandem for right now with the bullpen as banged up as it is. And Brad Brock has stepped up. I know he gave up a run on Saturday's win, but still pitching phenomenally overall. And Art Warren, how about the weekend he had? He had two perfect innings, both of in the losses, you know, but still two perfect innings, four strikeouts. Sunday's game, he got three strikeouts in his one inning of work. And I think he only threw like 14 pitches. I mean, super awesome performance by Art Warren. And hey, I mean, we got to shout out CNL Perez. This dude is much maligned, especially by me, because I don't think he can throw strikes. He did. He didn't walk anybody. He came in the ninth inning on Sunday's loss, and he didn't walk anyone. So we got to shout that out because it doesn't happen very often. Speaking of shouting out, there were two hits on Sunday, one by Scott Heineman and one by Mike Freeman. Now, as we're recording this, Scott Heineman is no longer a red. He was designated for assignment to bring up Alejo Lopez, which I am very happy about. Don't get me wrong. But the irony of the fact that the only two hits in Sunday's game were Scott Heineman and Mike Freeman, it's not lost on me. That that was uh, hmm, that was a thing. And pl- I know Scott Heineman's hit was kind of weird because Ronald Acuna had actually caught it, but because Freddie Freeman and Ozzie Albies all converged on Ronald Acuna there in shallow right field, he then dropped it, and the official scorer ruled that a single. The reason for that was they always say that did the fielder have to expend extreme effort just to get to the ball, and if that's the case, we're not giving the fielder an error for that. And really, that ball was in no man's land. That was going to be a nice play, a nice running catch by Ronald Acuna, and then his teammates just kind of messed it up for him. So on a technicality, Scott Heineman got his third hit of the year, and it wasn't a home run this time. Man, what are we going to do? I don't, I don't know. But, hey, we don't have to worry about it anymore. He's been DFA'd. Now, he might make it back to the minors and still be a red. But as of right now, they have cut him off the 40-man roster. 
And I don't know that it would make any sense for them to make another 40-man roster move to add him on later on in the year. The only reason I see that happening are some bad stuff, and we're not going to get into that right now. But that being said, great weekend for the bullpen. Not so great for the lineup in a couple of games, but it was just against lefties. And one more thing we got to look at, too, is the starting pitching. Tony Santian, Vladimir Gutierrez, Luis Castillo, and Tyler Malley. I know Malley didn't have his best stuff, but he still ate up six innings. That is something that we complained about in the early going of this year was the starting rotation has to pitch more. And they did that this weekend because all four of them went at least six. Lapiedro going seven in a shutout performance on Saturday. He's back, guys. But 25 total innings pitched for the starters to a 2.88 ERA, 21 hits allowed, 8 walks, and 25 strikeouts. You'll love to see that. More of that, please. Uh, Hopefully, more of that tonight with Wade Miley, the Reds' most consistent starting pitcher so far this season. He's on the mound. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But, hey, a series split. (sighs) wasn't what we wanted, really thought that they could have taken three out of four against this Braves team. And I know that the post-game interview with Brian Snitker, he was saying, boy, this Reds team has a really good team. They're heading in a positive direction. They're looking really good. And far be it for me to uh, poo-poo a guy's opinion of a team after watching them for four games. But, I mean, there are plenty of holes. This team is good, and it could make a run but there are plenty of holes that are going to stop it from doing that. And it's up to the front office to plug those holes. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's talk about Reds Phillies. Let's move on from the brave series. We'll get ready for Wade Miley and Spencer Howard here in just a minute. Before we get into that though, you guys know how much I love food and I really love seafood. That is why I'm excited to talk to you about the wild Alaskan company. The wild Alaskan company sends seafood right to your door. Check them out today at wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB to get $15 off your first box. What you can do is this. You go to their website. You can choose from salmon, whitefish, or a combination. Plus, every month, there are different specials for you to explore. Each shipment contains premium wild-caught, individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that is ready to prepare and cook in an easy amount of time. I just had some salmon yesterday from Wild Alaskan. Oh my goodness. I mean, Alaskan salmon, it just it fits and you put a little bit of seasoning on there, throw it in the pan for like 10 minutes, you know, flip it once. But it was phenomenal. You've got to check them out. Wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Again, $15 off your first order. They catch it from the Wild Alaskan. They put it in a package. They send it to you frozen. You throw it in your freezer. You thaw it. You cook it. It's just like you pulled it out of your backyard if you had a pond in your backyard. And for some reason, there were salmon in there. WildAlaskanCompany.com slash MLB. $15 off your first order. I love it, and you'll love it too. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. 
All right, so the uh, – man, that makes me hungry. It's really hard for me to think about baseball after talking about food. So, yeah, Wade Miley against Spencer Howard. Here's the thing about Wade Miley. He has been very consistent, the most consistent starting pitcher for the Reds this year. Tyler Malley has been awesome, but there's been times like Sunday where he's throwing a lot of pitches, he's giving up a lot of base runners, giving up some runs and things like that, putting more pressure on the lineup. Wade Miley has made 13 starts so far this year. Only two of them has he allowed more than two earned runs. That is the model of consistency that we want to see from all red starting pitchers. And Wade Miley, the guy who before the season, many of you were saying he doesn't deserve to be on this roster. Bravo, everyone. We were wrong. Wade Miley is amazing. Although I wasn't one of those. I want to make that clear. I was saying that he deserves to be here. He is amazing. And he's been doing it mostly with a cut fastball and a four-seam fastball that don't touch league average miles per hour on the velocity. It's been phenomenal how well he works his cutter and his fastball. He still gives up hits, but they're weak contact hits, they're singles, they're things that he can pitch around and mitigate the loss. The biggest reason why he's been successful is limiting the average exit velocity of hits against him. They're averaging 85 miles an hour. And not only will that not activate your DeLorean's time machine and send you back in time, it's also three miles an hour under league average. I mean, he's been phenomenal with his pitches and he's got a curveball and a slider that he barely throws. I think he throws those every so often just to confuse hitters, but you'll love how quickly he works. There is no hitter that stands into the box and is comfortable with how fast Wade Miley moves through a game. I mean, he catches the throwback from Tucker, which in this case, it'll be Tyler Stevenson today. Or no, I'm sorry. Right-handed pitcher. We'll talk about Spencer Howard in a minute. So Tucker's going to be starting, but he's going to catch the throwback from Tucker and he's already got the pitch in mind. He's like ready to go before the batter's even set and ready for the next pitch. It's awesome to watch Wade Miley work. I I love it. And when you look at those two starts that he allowed more than two earned runs, both were on the road. Once in Cleveland when he allowed four earned runs and once in Colorado that we just won't even count this year. It's like when you're looking at test scores or something like that and you're in school and you like drop the lowest and the highest, you can probably understand he's not going to throw a no hitter every time out. So you can kind of cut that off his ledger and then you're not going to see him give up eight earned runs every time out either. So you can cut that off his ledger as well. He is still an amazing pitcher in 2021 looking forward to see what he can bring to the table. And then you look on the lineup side for the Phillies. What can he expect? He's not going to see either Didi Gregorius or Gene Segura. Segura is in the middle of his timetable for a return that Phillies general manager Sam Fold had said. He hurt his groin a couple of weeks ago, and the general manager said about three weeks. Well, hey, that was June 15th, three weeks ago, so he's about two weeks into it. We're not going to see him tonight. We're also not going to see Didi. He is on a rehab stint. Coming back, he hasn't played since May 12th with an elbow issue. So he's been trying to rehab and get back. It's interesting to note that that was a huge target. I advocated quite a bit for the Reds to go get Didi, and he has been missing significant time this season. So there's that. Plus, you can also look and see that Bryce Harper got hit on the calf by a pitch on Saturday, and he missed Sunday's game. So he's day-to-day. They're not really sure what they're going to do with him just yet. There's a good chance that being this one weird day in Cincinnati and then they move on to another team after this, that the Phillies will probably sit him. 
I don't know. He might play in Homer Friendly Great American Ballpark. We'll see. But it's worth noting that whenever he got hit on the pitch, hit on the calf by the pitch on Saturday, he was pulled. He ran the bases for the rest of that inning. And then the next half inning, he was pulled for Travis Jankowski, former Red. So we might see him back in the lineup as well. But that being said, those are the guys that he can expect to face for the Reds hitters. When they're looking at their matchup, Spencer Howard is going to be the starter. He's the probable starter for the game. There is likely a situation where they will have somebody ready to piggyback off him, like pitch. Maybe he pitches three or four innings, and then another guy comes in, which we're probably looking at a lefty in that case. Yeah, I know. We just talked about how annoying lefties are with this Reds lineup. They'll probably see some more of it tonight. But Spencer Howard is an interesting case because he has a good fastball. He's got a pretty decent amount of velocity on that, but he does not really have control of his secondary pitches. Shout out to Reds Content Plus kind of breaking that down in today's morning spin. When you look at his heat map for his fastball, he's good at keeping it up in the strike zone where hitters have a hard time with it. All of his other secondary pitches are literally all over the place. You can see his heat maps on Baseball Savant, and it's just everywhere. For his curveball, his changeup, his slider, he has no idea where they're going. So the idea with him is take pitches because he has a high walk rate, 16.9%, which really mitigates the fact that he's got a 29% strikeout rate. So we'll probably see some strikeouts, but the Reds absolutely have to work some walks, get a high pitch count on him early, and hopefully the fact that they can maybe turn some fly balls that he is going to give up into some homers because he doesn't give up a lot of ground balls. His ground ball rate is 34.8%. So the lineup needs to make some hay with that today. All right, and then kind of looking at maybe the dude who could come in after him, this was something that the morning spin also talked about, was a guy named Bailey Falter, you know, just in case Howard falters. Anyway, he's only thrown like nine innings in the major leagues, but he's a lefty with some decent pitches, and he's got a slider, so that's probably going to be an issue for the Reds lineup. Don't want to dig too deep into nine professional innings, but knowing that he has a fastball slider chase jump combo, that means that Reds left-handed hitters are going to have a problem, and you're going to start a decent amount of lefties against Spencer Howard. And you look at, I mean, the best lefty hitter for the Reds against left-handed pitching is Jesse Winker, and he's only hitting like 219. So it's not as if we're talking about this guy kills left-handed pitching. It's he is the least worst against left-handed pitching. So how does David Bell manage that? This seems like a classic game, especially for the fact that it is a one-off against a team that they meant to finish up the series back on June 2nd. This got postponed to today. This seems like a game where David Bell is going to tinker, especially if the Phillies do the, you know, three or four innings from Spencer Howard and then, you know, two or three innings from Bailey Falter. How does David Bell manage that? Because if you go through your bench before the eighth inning comes up, then you're in a really sticky situation if it's a close game. Hopefully the Reds can just hit a million home runs and we won't have to worry about that, though. That that would be great. But I'm interested to see what happens. This is the final game of the Phillies series. It's just taken a little bit longer to get there. They split the first two games. Remember, they won 11 to 1 on May 31st, and then they lost 17 to 3 on June 1st. So 
I don't really know what to expect here. The Reds and Phillies are very similar teams, not great bullpens, not great defense. The Reds have a better lineup than the Phillies do. The Phillies starting rotation and the Reds starting rotation might be right there just because the Phillies have Zach Wheeler, who is like Jacob deGrom light. The good news is the Reds don't have to worry about facing him today. So we are looking forward to hopefully another Reds win. All right. We got to uh, talk about Alejo Lopez. I am very excited to see him in the major leagues because he's been killing it in the minor leagues. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Before we do, though, I want you to grab your favorite built bar. Mine is a cherry barcia, and I would grab it, but I already ate it. It's <laughs> They're amazing. They're the best protein bar on the market, bar none, because they're made with 100% real chocolate. You can check them out today at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. Built Bar has 100% real chocolate, but amazing healthy statistics as well. It's going to transform your snack game into the next level. We're talking about Major League Snack Game with 130 calories on most of their bars and up to 17 or 18 grams of protein. Check them out today at BuiltBar.com slash or and use the promo code LOCKED15 and check out all their flavors. I mean, Cherry Barcia is great, but they also have peanut butter brownie. They've got mint chocolate brownie. They've got coconut, which I swear tastes exactly like a Mounds Bar, but it's way healthier than a Mounds Bar. Check them out today, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. Save 15% off your next order, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about with how awesome Built Bar is. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. All right, so we, I am, I, I'm really stoked because I woke up to this news today and we weren't expecting it because he has been raking and he has been just tearing it up at Chattanooga and then Alejo Lopez gets bumped up to AAA and he continues to rake at AAA, but we keep seeing the Reds making moves like bringing up Mike Freeman or bringing up Scott Heineman and just... I I don't know why they're both terrible. Alejo Lopez has a future. Alejo Lopez could really take off. In fact, it was reported in uh, Doug Gray over at Red Lake Nation Radio or RedLakeNation.com wrote an article and he said that Twitter user at Rev underscore strikeout was seemingly the first to report this call up. And I had shared that through the Lockdown Reds Twitter account, the tweet from at Rev underscore strikeout. Uh, so it's it's great to see him coming up, and it was made official today at 11.30 when they DFA'd Scott Heineman, so we don't have to worry about that weird argument anymore. Lopez is interesting. His profile is that he can play second and third pretty well. He can play a little bit of left field, too. So that's not shortstop, and that's not first base. Maybe, I, I don't know that they want to try him at first base, but this could be an interesting scenario, and both Doug and then also Reds Content Plus mentions this as well. This could be something where maybe they move Suarez back to shortstop now, and they play Lopez at third. Because here's the thing. You're, you're going to say immediately, because I also thought this immediately, Suarez sucks at shortstop defensively. Yeah, I know. But here's the thing. With Kyle Farmer and his average defense, his well below average bat weighted runs created plus of 66. Uh, that's not, that's not going to cut it in the major leagues. That's not going to cut it for a rebuilding team. That's definitely not going to cut it for a contending team. 
So Suarez has shown a tick up in production here lately. Plus, they really need Suarez to get going so that at least he can be helpful, maybe an interesting trade chip. I don't know that we want to go that far, but it's a possibility. Maybe you could flip him for a reliever or something like that. And you can open up some lineup spots for guys like Alejo Lopez who are on fire, but I would love to see them get him in the lineup more than Kyle Farmer. This is another reason why I love the fact that they're getting rid of Scott Heineman to bring him up because Alejo Lopez is a guy that I want to see in the lineup every day for at least a couple of at bats, maybe even starting a bunch of times. I want to see what this kid can do because in the minors, I, I love it. When he got called up to AAA, he did phenomenal. 358, 436 on base, and a 526 slugging with 10 doubles, two homers, 12 walks, and he's only strike, struck out seven times. That's right. More walks than strikeouts. That's not something that we see that much anymore. In fact, he's played 49 games in his two spots and racked up 229 plate appearances this year. Overall, between AA and AAA, hitting 360 with a 437 on base and a 486 slug. 19 doubles. Just phenomenal. I can't wait to see what he can bring to the table. And about this idea of moving Suarez to short and starting him over Kyle Farmer, I think that actually adds value to Kyle Farmer. We, we've been talking about this all year. He is a much better utility player than he is an everyday guy stuck at one position. You like to have Kyle Farmer on your bench because then he helps you in those late inning situations. He can fill a defensive hole. He can help you with matchups against left-handed pitching because he's a righty. Maybe that can help out a little bit, but playing him every single day only diminishes his value because he's a good utility player. I want to see what Alejo Lopez can do. Dude's 25 years old. Let's see if he can take the reins and run with them. I know that he wasn't really on any sort of prospect radar. In fact, he didn't make it to uh, Prasco last year. He wasn't invited to the alternate site. So he, he played some winter ball in Mexico and things like that, and he's really taken off. And overall, during his minor league career, even when you look at his stop in high A, when it was high A in Daytona, he had some pretty good numbers. If you kind of cut out the slugging percentage, it was only 347, but down on the Florida State League, slugging percentages are low. He had a 287 batting average with a 353 on base in 539 plate appearances in Daytona. In fact, those are better numbers than Jonathan India. Now, comparing those apples to apples, I don't necessarily know that you're expecting more out of Lopez than India, but I am very excited to see what he can bring to the Reds. And that's how we're going to end it. We're going to end it with some Alejo Lopez talk. I've been wanting to do this. I, I've seen plenty of people talking about it. Our buddy Clay Snowden on Twitter has been just absolutely raving about how good Alejo Lopez is. And he really kind of, I, I know that there were some other people involved, but he really kind of got the whole idea of getting Alejo Lopez up to the big leagues started. I mean, I know that there's some other people involved, but he was really the first one I saw championing that. And I followed along because those numbers are amazing. And we need to see more of that from guys who, I, I mean, he's going to slot into the bottom of the lineup and that's fine. I want to see some more consistency there because we had great numbers from the bottom of the lineup earlier on this year. They were really 
trumped up by the fact that Jonathan India was hitting in the bottom of the lineup. And now we know that he is the Reds leadoff hitter of the future and he is amazing. So that needs to continue to happen. But overall, very excited to see what Alejo Lopez can bring to the major league side of the Reds. And that's where we're going to end it today. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that will do it for us here today. I'm going to dive into some Lockdown Reds line stuff tomorrow in a Jeff's Junk Mail segment. So make sure you get those into 513-549-0159. But as for today's podcast, that'll do it for us. Thanks again. I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.